We're going to be in several scriptures this morning. I want to spend a little time in John chapter 1. So if you want to just go there and wait on me to catch up, that's fine too. I'm glad to be here. Amen. When I was a kid, I was going to say when I was little, but I've kind of always been this size. But when I was much younger, I grew up in a, a place not far from here. Um, it honestly, and I mean this with the utmost respect as it is the heritage of my father, but it, it looked more like Kentucky than it did Ohio, if you know what I mean. Tom, you, you, you with me? Okay, you know what I mean. Um, and I don't know how it was when you grew up, but I would, I'd get up in the mornings and when there wasn't school, some days when it was school, but when it wasn't school, I would get up and I would leave the house and I'd be gone, um, usually by myself usually in the woods, uh, I would get lost. I have a phobia of being lost. I know why I do. It's because I was always getting lost. And I, I w was always a very curious kid, very curious. I, my mother, she did not keep the reins so tight that she didn't let me be curious. And we spent a lot of time in the ER a lot, a lot of time explaining things to neighbors. But one of the things, and one of my fondest memories, and I, I remember I've told this story once before in a public setting like this, in a corporate setting, and a gentleman knew the individuals to which I'm getting ready to refer to as he was part of the whole conglomeration. I didn't know that. Uh, I say that to say, <clears throat> if I tell on you, it's by accident, but also I say it to say, eventually you're going to be told on. <laughs> there was a fence in our yard. We, my father, again, from Kentucky, my mother was from Tennessee. My father from Kentucky, um, he always wanted his kids to kind of grow up on a farm. So he had about three acres, maybe. And the, those acreage, he turned into a farm. And by that, I mean, we had horses tied to the front porch. My neck could be no redder than it is at this point in my life. We had horses tied to the front. We raised uh, cows, a cow. It was, it was one cow. Um, my mother and I fed the cow with a bottle. It was so young. And then the cow, God love it, was so good. And we had pigs. My father, before he come to know Jesus, he had a tendency to drink a bit. And so he would ride the hog. I'm saying all this stuff so you can get in my world for a second so that what I'm getting ready to tell you makes sense. We, we moved from the farm to a place I would call 
very run down, um, not, not, our, not our spot, not our house necessarily, but the area we were in, in a little town south of here. And we brought the animals with us. And it was a very fun childhood. But I always wanted more. Not more stuff. That, that really, I mean, that really wasn't it, man. I, I had a very vivid and active imagination. So it wasn't so much that I wanted more stuff. I, I wanted more. I wanted to see more. I wanted to do more. What, whatever was happening outside of my yard was what I was the most interested in. Because I had everything you could imagine to keep me occupied and keep my attention on our little lot. But there was this tree line. And it was kind of grown up some. And on the other side of this tree line was a vacant lot, equal to the size of our lot. And then on the other side of that lot was the, was the family that kind of ran the street, if you will. And every now and again, you would hear an explosion. I'm not exaggerating. You would hear an explosion, and then smoke would billow out of that field. Well... Me being curious, I kept trying to see what was on the other side of that fence. I couldn't figure it out. Mom told me, do not go in that lot. Don't go over there. If I catch you over there, you know what's going to happen. And if mom told me not to do something, I never did it. That's just, I was, I was that kid. Because I knew what would happen if I did. Did I tell you my mom was from Tennessee? So she could run fast. And when she caught you, it wasn't fun. One day I had the bright idea that I was going to climb up our apple tree because at the top of that apple tree, I could see over the fence. And, and so probably you're curious. I'll tell you what was over there and I'll get into my message. So the young men that lived in the house on the other side of the vacant lot would steal cars, pull them in that lot, strip them, and then blow them up. I, that's just how it was. They still might be doing it for all I know. I don't know. But I tell you that to say, if you're here and you know Jesus, what I hope happens to you during the rest of our time together is that you get hungry for what's on the other side. I want your curiosity to be piqued in such a way that you will be looking for what's on the other side and do whatever it takes in your life to see and live the adventure that is the other side. Now, obviously, we live in a culture today that the other side is kind of um, described as, you know, heaven or hell, right? I mean, that... And I, and I get that, and th there's, there's, there's two choices when you leave this plane, and that is life in heaven eternally with the creator of the universe and Jesus Christ, or the opposite is you know, and this church still believes there is a literal hell, that those who die separated from God forever. But something I've wrestled with my entire time as being a Christian it is... 
is I don't want to cheapen grace to the degree that just getting to heaven is the whole point of the gospel. Because what I found in, in my, and I've certainly not exhausted this subject, I'm not even implying that, but, but what I found in my studies is that that's, that's not what Jesus talked about. Oh, sure, he mentioned it like I'd mentioned it, but he, he didn't spend his time talking about his point of being here so that he can take us to heaven. I'm going to ask you to think about something. What was the point of the miracles? It's rhetorical. You don't have to shout it back. I was in children's church last week, and they shouted some answers back. It was quite fun. But, but if, if, if the point of Jesus' existence and, and the, the, the demonstration of the gospel and the explanation of the gospel, if it was just to get us in heaven, then what was the point of the miracles? No, no, and it's not a trick question, but, but I need us to all get on the same page here. What, why did Jesus do what he did when he walked on this earth? I suggest, I suggest he brought heaven to earth. And he wants that for us. In fact, it's the point of the gospel. It's to live in a relationship with Jesus Christ so that he governs your life. He's the Lord of your life. And you and I as Christ followers, we don't live to just get to heaven. We, we, we don't come to Jesus so that he fixes all of our problems. No, no, what he promises us is the abundant life. He promises us Life overflowing now. You've heard the verse, if you've been in church long, you've heard the passage, rather, where it talks about eye has not seen and ears not heard, right? You've heard that, Romans. Well, here's the thing. That's not talking about heaven. That's talking about now. I, while I was studying these, our, our, our subject today and, the, and some of the passages we're going to read, when I was studying it, I was... I came across a, a, an illustration. I don't even know if it's true, but it does make my point. So I won't say it's true because I don't know. But I was trying to trace back when the church started to think that, that we're only here to get to heaven. Because that's not how the disciples lived. That's not how the apostles lived. And it's not how Jesus lived. And in searching some historical stuff, I found a story. And it was a Sunday school teacher that was teaching kids. And they, she was so wise. And she asked the kids, so how do you get to heaven? She's setting up the gospel story, right? How do you get to heaven? And one kid said, well, you got to be good. No, that's not it. Another kid raised her hand and said, well, you got to be nice. Well, that's not it. Well, well you, you got to do what your mom and dad say. That's kind of it. But no, that's not it either. And one kid thinking, he's nailed this thing. How do you get to heaven? He raised his hand. He said, you got to be dead. And I read that, and I'm like, that's, 
That's how the church thinks. That's how I used to think. That you can't experience heaven until you got to be dead. And so I started living with that thought. I started thinking about how outside of the sphere of my, sphere of my life, the, 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 my backyard, if you will, keeping in context with my intro, how my spiritual backyard outside of that is heaven. And I, and I used to live with, with, with that view, like, man, I, when I was growing up in church, it was Sunday morning was a message on hell, and Sunday night was a message on heaven. Hands down, that's how it was. I'm, I, and that's, that's not a preacher's story. That's how I was raised. It was hardcore. It was, it was he- hell in the morning, and you better come and get saved or else. And then it was heaven. There were songs about heaven in the evening service, and there was messages on heaven, and it was, we're going to see mom, and we're going to see grandma, and and that's why we're here, and won't it be great over there, and all of these songs, and we'd pat our leg, and we'd wave our hankies, and we would leave going, why do I still feel the way I do? I suggest we should be living for the other side, right here, right now, right here, Right now, the border, we live in such a way that the border of that divine place is this, is this big barrier, and death is the only thing that can tear that barrier down so that you and I can live with peace and joy, etc. All the things that we think heaven offers us, we've got this barrier, and only death has the key. Might I suggest... That's such an empty way to live. I, I, I personally, I can't even find the fruit in that to put into my own life, to benefit my life. Because honestly, when that is our mindset, please hear me, and I'm not being critical. I'm, 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 I'm just preaching you to you what I feel that God is showing me. And it's hard to even communicate it. But when we live that way, like heaven is way there. All the things it has to offer. And this giant veil called death. When we live that way, what we kind of start doing is we kind of start working on behavior modification. Because we, we obviously aren't living like there's enough power now to make any real changes in our life. We're just, honestly, we're trying to keep our head above water until death finally takes us to paradise. That's not the abundant life to me. In fact, that sounds horrible to me. If I was someone seeking truth, needing a relationship with Jesus Christ, that would so be unappealing. I would not want to sign up for that. Again, I want to suggest that we've got a distorted view of the gospel to where we think the gospel is just the key that, that helps us navigate through death to get us to the other side. But I want to say, I believe that the gospel is the key for heaven coming to earth right now. 
That you can live in power. You can live in grace. You can live in joy. You can live in the mercy of Jesus Christ. Right here, right now, regardless of your circumstances, you do not have to just keep praying that death will take you to get rid of all your pain. You can live in the reality that the other side, we can climb up our spiritual apple tree and look over the fence and we can see what's happening and bring it into our life right here, right now. That's what I want to communicate to you today. Many are convinced that they're existing just for the next world. Others are convinced that there's nothing beyond the veil. That, that this is the end-all, do-all. When we breathe our last breath, it's over. That's not the case. That's not the case. I want to say it again. That's not the case. There's a heaven to gain. Amen. And a hell that we should avoid. But even if there wasn't, why would I want to just endure till I get to death? To me, that's not the abundant life. That's not the gospel. And I think the ultimate irony, if you will, is we've been taught that the only way we'll know the reality of heaven is to go through the way of death. But the irony is when we get there, we can't tell anybody. So those who remain, now they just want to get to that point sooner now than they ever did. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? And they're not living for now. And please hear me. I, I, there's so much of that that I get and I, and I completely understand because there's, there's nothing like heaven getting sweeter every day. Amen. I understand. And the older I get, I understand it. But that doesn't change the reality. That How is that reality changing my now? Because if it's not changing my now, what am I doing? Furthermore, why am I doing it? I, I, because... Because I, I don't understand the draw. I don't understand the appeal of just hang in there until you die. Hang in there until you, until you get to meet death because once that happens, man, you've got it made after that. That's not what I'm looking for. I want to climb the apple tree and see what's on the other side. Amen. Because there's something inside all of us that believes there's something more out there. There's something inside of all of us that believes this can't be it. If you've already adopted that mindset and you've already settled that this is it, it's as good as it ever gets, I hope today I encourage you to revisit this. Because this ain't it. This ain't it and there is so much more than you and I are living right now. And it's heaven coming to earth. Amen. Amen. And I guess I, I, I want to I I qualify and I want to validate why we think this way in the church. We mean the very best. But I really started to understand this principle when my mother passed and three months later my father passed. I began to understand this principle because people would come up to me and say, now, now she sees Jesus. 
My mama saw Jesus long before she got to heaven. You need to know that. But, but this, this terminology, now she knows what heaven looks like. My mama knew what heaven looked like long before she got there. When she saw my father kneel in front of his couch and pray, and Jesus came in his heart. Heaven came to earth. You can believe that. We say things that, hey, that she's first person that she's going to see is her mom. You, 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 know this, you know what they say, right? Maybe you said those things. I'm not being condescending. I'm not coming down on you. What I'm doing is we've got to change the way we think so we change what we say. Heaven is now. It's got to be a struggle, I would think. It's got to be a struggle for those who think there's nothing to life but their own yard. That, that this is it. There's, it's got to be a struggle to put one foot in front of the other, to get excited about something, to live, to share the gospel, to be able to, to, be able to come in and, and, and like really share your story and get excited about introducing people to Jesus. If you only live for now, it might be the reason why it's a struggle for you to really go out there and love people like Jesus loved because... This is as good as it gets here. Oh, I want you to challenge that way of thinking today. One day, a man came to this earth. He looked like an average guy. And he made an interesting claim. He said, he said he came from the other side of the fence. He said... He said, where I've been and where I'm going, you can experience it right now. And some people kind of jived in on that idea. It got some folks pretty excited. He came and he, he was trying to point people to the other side. He said he came to bring life. He, came, he said he came to destroy fear and destroy loneliness and apathy and complacency. He said he was bringing truth. He said he was bringing justice. And he said he was bringing power. His name is Jesus. And if he's bringing all of that, why are we not tapped into it? And if you are, praise the Lord. You, you got there before the rest of us. And that's beautiful. Thank you. But I'm speaking to those like me who understands there's got to be more. And if Jesus came and said he was bringing this stuff, bringing this life, bringing this peace, bringing this joy, bringing this justice, bringing this power. And he said that if anybody joins with me, they are now mission partners for bringing the other side here. If that's true, what are we doing? How are we thinking? And how are we living to manifest that reality? That's my challenge to us today. Jesus came as the barrier breaker. He came as the veil terror. He did. We know that. He didn't just come so that you and I can have a ticket to heaven. And, the, I, I, and this, is, this is my opinion. You don't have to write this down. I believe the fundamental misunderstanding about Jesus' message in, in our day is that we've got the idea that it, it's just to prepare us for there. And that's not the point of Jesus' message. <laughs> it's to change us in the now. Amen. My problem, I should say my struggle, my challenge with 
with the you gotta be dead mentality is if you have to be dead to experience the power of God in heaven, it just doesn't do anything for us now. And I'm really wanting you to see. And I'm really wanting you to, at the very least, lean in to the possibility that there's more to this life than making it to heaven. That is the power of the gospel. When we look closely at when Jesus uh, was sharing the good news and others in the New Testament were sharing the good news, he, did, he never really put it into terms. He, he would allude to it, but he never put it into terms and bookcased it around heaven. He always spoke of things this side of the barrier, this side of the fence. And I love in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, he says this, the time has come. The kingdom of God is, say it, Repent of your sins and believe the good news. So the good news is the gospel. He is saying the time has come now, right now. If it was now then, it's now now. Amen. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. God has invaded our yard. God has made himself evident. He has shown himself. He's broken the barrier through his son, Jesus Christ, and he brought heaven to earth. He makes his presence and his power available for you and me. My, my encouragement to us is, have you really grabbed that? Do you believe that? I believe the church has exchanged Jesus' gospel of life with me here, life with me now, I believe we've changed it for a gospel that really don't kick in until later. Think about it. Like we've accepted the gospel of Jesus Christ on credit. And we don't get to cash in the good stuff. Can I tell you, I'm not interested in that. And, 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 I'm, and I'm, again, I'm, I'm not being, trying to be cute. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm just not interested. I need something for me now. I need something that benefits my family now. I need something that brings change to my life now. I need the presence and power of Jesus now. Right now. Right here. Do you? Do you? Do you? I, I, just so I, I don't... I don't want you to think I'm a heretic. I, we, have, we, we have to believe and confess the name of Jesus Christ to live eternity in heaven. I know that. And I'm not, I'm not taking away from that. It's just not the subject of my message today. The truth of my message today is, but that's not why he came. And, and, and if, it, if it scratches against your theology, please know I'm not trying to do that just to make you uncomfortable well, I kind of am. Because if, even if you don't buy into what I'm telling you now, when you leave here, I want you to scratch your head, look over to your spouse in the other seat and go, so what do you think about what he said? Because to me, 
if somebody don't leave thinking that I'm totally jacked up and off my rocker, I've not done my job. Unless you just want me to keep repeating stuff we've been told all of our life. That's just not what I do. Here and now. The New Testament doesn't say, and we're going to be in John in a second. The New Testament doesn't say, hey, here's the gospel. It's the minimum requirements to get to heaven. It never says that. It doesn't kind of say that. It doesn't even say it in the versions you were told not to read. It doesn't say that. The gospel is everything. It's all of our eggs in one basket. And it is not cheapened to the degree that it is our only minimal requirements to get across the barrier to live in heaven. It doesn't say that. Yes, Jesus' gospel includes forgiveness of sin that's available to you today and it's right now. It's a demonstration of his grace. It's the beautiful execution of his mercy. It includes that the promise of death will have no hold on us. That should excite you. It excites me. But it includes so much more than that. The promise, please hear this, the promise that is fulfilled in the gospel of Jesus Christ, in the fact that Jesus came to this earth from heaven, the promise that's fulfilled in all of that is in the, in the, overwhelmingly in the theme of scriptures is Emmanuel. Oh wait, see, we love that song. Every Christmas we sing it when, when we're in the department store and they're, and they're singing about Emmanuel. We are on board with it. Oh my gosh, it's God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. But it doesn't ever change our mind. It's, it's God with us. Can't wait till I get to heaven to experience it. No, no. God came from there to here. For us, now. You're like, Jeff, you've, you've said that 10 times, and I'm going to say it until I get an amen. Because somebody's got to receive this today. Because God doesn't make mistakes, amen. <laughs> we, 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 let, me, let me, now I am being facetious. I'll just straight up tell you. We almost use the gospel like some secret password at, at death's door. This is how I think. Because it's like, what point is the gospel if we're just waiting to get to heaven? Oh man, I got to. I'm, I'm, I'm getting sick. Well, I'm just getting closer to heaven. Wait, what? You should be close to heaven right now. Amen. It's not that you you have to do ding dong. Hey, this is Jeff. Um, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Come on in. You know the password. You know the door. That's not the gospel. No, that's a, the gospel is life-changing. You receive it now. In faith, believe what Jesus did on the cross. And the tomb is empty. Hallelujah. We celebrated that a few weeks ago. But that should change us now. It's just not the step to get to heaven. It's the life-changing experience of the truth of the gospel lived out in your life and mine every day of the week, every hour of the day, right here, right now. It's the other side of the fence. Do you see it yet? Do you see it yet? You see it yet? In John chapter 14, verse 23, your Bible says, all who love me will do what I say, or, or the New King James says, will obey my commands. 
will keep my commandments, the King James says. All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them. Would you look at this? And we will bring you. No. No. If you love me, you do what I say. My Father will love them, Jesus said. And we, Jesus said, and we, who's we? God, Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit will come and make our home with you and you and you and you and you and you and you now, right here, right now. Wait, wait, but, but, but Jesus said he was going to prepare a place. For, aren't you glad? And, and, and I don't know about you, I want it better than what I live in now. I'm that guy. I, I mean, I'm not fake humble where it's like, just give me a cabin. Just a, no, I don't want a cabin. I don't live in a cabin here. I don't want a cabin there. And he spent a long time working on my new digs, right? So I can't wait to get there. But as my daddy used to say and my big brother used to say, I can't wait to go, but I'm not getting up a load today because I got stuff to do. And, and here's why I can wait. God's not done with us. And when we love him and do what he says, Father will love us and he's going to come and live with us. Oh, I hope you're seeing it. Let me, let me, let me rewind to the Old Testament. I love when I am studying something in the New Testament, especially a subject like this, that, and I can go to the Old Testament and and God just shows us a foreshadowing. Remember a guy named Jacob? Some of you already know where I'm going. You're getting excited. Your heart started to beat a little bit. You're, you're wondering, when do I say amen? Anytime is fine. <laughs> Jacob was at a place called Bethel. Mm -hmm. And he had a vision of a ladder. And the ladder was so he could get to heaven. No? Oh, that's right. And, and, and some of you are thinking, and that's why we don't say amen. <laughs> I sabotage my own preaching, man. It, the ladder wasn't there. You, you know the story, right? Jacob, he goes to sleep, rock for a pillow, right? Has this dream, has this vision. A ladder descended from heaven. What was happening on that ladder? Angels <laughs> were coming down and going up. Coming down, going up, going down, going up, going down. Jacob wasn't like, I can't wait to see these angels. I got to get up here. He knew that wasn't the point of that. No, the ladder, the vision, it, 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 was, it was the manifestation of a vision of the other side coming here. The ladder is Jesus. It's the other side coming here. Not just so we have passageway to get there. It's so everything that are the riches of heaven are available to us right now, at this moment, in your life, your healing, everything, your joy, your peace, it's available to you now. It's going down the ladder and up the ladder and down the ladder and up the ladder and down the ladder and up. You, we ain't going anywhere. God in his mercy and grace and his infinite wisdom has decided 
Jeff's dumber than a bucket of rocks. If I don't bring it to him, he'll never get it. Thank you, God. I'm, I'm just upset I waited so daggone long to get it. Jacob's ladder. Huh. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he called a man by the name of Philip, and he said, follow me, Philip, and Philip did. And then Philip went to find someone. He couldn't hold it in. He had to go tell somebody. So he found a dude named Nathaniel. You've heard it in the scripture. But Nathaniel, he wasn't a giant of the faith. He wasn't gullible. He was a, he was a yeah, I, I'm not buying in on this yet. He was that kind of guy. In fact, he scoffed Jesus at the beginning. And in verse 46, it's kind of funny. He asked Philip, he says, so where, where's this guy you're talking about? Where's he come from? Man, he's from, he's from Nazareth. And in verse 46, you see it behind me. He says, can anything good? Come out of Nazareth. Well, I'm glad you asked Nathaniel. So he wasn't all, all in yet. And so Jesus goes over to Philip and Nathaniel. They're both there. And he says in verse 47, man, Nathaniel, you are a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. Nathaniel said, how do you know that? You don't know me. But see, what Nathaniel didn't know is that heaven already came to earth. And Jesus met Nathaniel right where he was in his doubt, in his confusion, in his skepticism. And he says, he says, how do you know me? You don't know me. And John, uh, Jesus said in John 1, the second part of 48, oh, I saw you sitting under a fig tree before Philip ever come over and started to talk to you. Now, Nathaniel, wanting to just be all in, because he thought Jesus was smart, could, could do some stuff that the other people couldn't do. He says, wow, that's, a, that's amazing. I, I recognize you as being the Son of God, the, the Messiah. And Jesus said, wait, you believe in me because I saw you sitting by a tree? Well, that's not much to believe in. So Jesus says, but you will see greater things than these. History tells us that Nathaniel lived out the rest of his life looking in a good way for greater things in the here and now. I want to tell you, that just because Jesus did something, just because he impressed you yesterday, there's greater things to be seen and had and heard now. Don't keep living in what he did yesterday. Nathaniel's like, wow, I can't believe you saw me under the fig tree. Well, then you must be God. He's like, no, no. It's so much more than that. Spend the rest of your life with your eyes open to the greater things that I'm going to bring you and have available to you right here and right now. The choice, church, is mine and yours. What do we see? What do we look for? And then Jesus turns to everyone and says, guys, you've not seen anything yet. 
I'm just starting. I've brought heaven to earth. If you follow me, if you do what I say, et cetera, et cetera, the gateway of heaven is going to open up to you and heaven is going to come to this place, which is why in John 1, 51, he says, I tell you the truth. See if this verse sounds familiar. I tell you the truth. You'll all see heaven open and the angels of God Now, where did we hear that? Genesis chapter 28. Jacob, down on his luck, had it up to here with his brother. Am I right? Family issues. Ugh. But God cared enough to say, let me just come down and minister to you. Oh, we're going to wrestle for a bit. And you're going to walk with a limp the rest of your life. But you're going to know you've been with me. I'll tell you the truth, you're all going to see heaven. He's telling the whole, the whole, all see heaven open, the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man. The one who is the stairway. Jesus is the ladder. It's through Jesus that heaven, are you seeing this yet? It's through Jesus that heaven gets here. It's our relationship with him that affords us the reality of heaven coming to earth. You can't have an average relationship with Jesus Christ and expect all the glories of heaven to come. You can't. You can't. Oh, I want to tell you you can, but that's a lie. You can't be lukewarm. You can't be in and out and 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 expect. And expect the wonders and glories and majesty of heaven to come. And take up residence anyway. No. No, Nathaniel said, you're God. You're everything. He said, you ain't seen nothing yet. And by the way, guys, I'll tell you the truth. You'll all see heaven open and the angels of God coming up and down. The Son of Man, the one who's the stairway between heaven and earth. Jesus is looking backwards. He's throwing a nod back to Jacob's vision. Amen. What Jacob could only dream of. Are you seeing this? What Jacob could only dream of is now a reality when Jesus speaks this. Now either Jesus was blowing smoke and was not who he said he was, or this promise is good for me and you. I, I, I'm going with B. Oh, come on now. Jesus is Jacob's ladder that reaches into your life and my life in the here and now it's the other side. It's the other side coming here. I, and please, please, please hear me out. Don't, don't tune out in the middle of this sentence or I'll get a bad email. Jesus did not just come to die on a cross. Oh, I, I, I know the stories and I know the songs. He was born to die. I get it. Yes, that was his mission. He came to pay price, the price for our sins. But he didn't just come to die on a cross. Death on a cross was only part of his mission. It was only a part of his mission. His overall mission was to bring the reality of God's presence. To bring the reality. Why would he? I, I, I'll ask again the question I asked earlier. What was the point of all the miracles? Do you never ask why did he do this? I ask why every time I read the Bible. Why did you do this? He didn't do this to see people get saved. What he was doing was to show that the power and presence of heaven, of God, had come to earth, and he could heal. 
And he could prophesy. And he could teach. And he could love. And he could have compassion. Oh, sure. In all of that, he did tell some folks, not everyone, but he did tell some folks, and your faith has made you whole. But his point of the miracles, he, he, it wasn't the Jesus show. He wasn't doing tricks. Nothing up my sleeve. You can see. He wasn't that one. And he wasn't doing it so that people would pray and ask Jesus into their heart. He did it to demonstrate that he is the ladder. He is the, he's the stairway that gets heaven to earth. He didn't just come to die on the cross. He came to transform all of us inside and out. It was the reality of God's presence bringing all of that to our side of the fence, to our side of the barrier. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, but things in our yard ain't going so well. I, I, I mean, I, I have really refrained from reading a lot of news. I, I still need to, I want my finger on the pulse of culture and, and our society, but man, I, wow. I, I get bummed out way quick, right? I, I, I just have a hard time dealing with the killing and the hate, and the racism and the hungry kids and the broken homes. I, I'm, I'm talking about in our town. Yeah, I'm not talking about Darfur and Zambia and the Middle East. Our backyard's just not looking that hot. We need the power of what lies beyond the fence. We need the power of what lies... This is, this, is, this is why I get... And, and again, this, this, is, this is just pers the personality of Jeff coming out right here, okay? Uh, this, uh, this ain't gospel. I'm not even quoting you a verse. This is why I have a real problem with people that their con contribution to the glory and the gospel of Jesus Christ is just holding a sign. You want to see real change come to places that you're boycotting, pray for the one that's making the decisions. That the power and presence from the other side will come to their life. Because if I'm good enough to talk you out of something, somebody that talks better than me can talk you right back into it. And you think the devil ain't coming along behind me going, he's an idiot. I know that because he comes behind you saying, he's an idiot. Things aren't going that well in our backyard. We need the power and the presence and the glory of what's beyond the fence. In our yard, now we have, we have to live like up there is down here. Not coming. It is down here. Just so that you, you don't think I'm stretching it too far. Jesus' disciples ask him, how do I pray? How are we doing it, man? Because when you pray, there's a whole different level of praying than when we pray. How do you do it? He said in Matthew 6, 9 and 10, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom. <laughs> your kingdom come. May your will be done. Here, right now, just like it is in heaven right now. Gee, that wasn't me trying to 
twist the point around to get you to understand. Jesus said, you want to know how to pray? This has to be your reality. You pray as if you know the ladder's been here. Heaven comes to earth. Here, done it. We have access to it. We've, 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 we've gawked over the fence. We've, we've seen some glimpses. Oh, man. Jesus said, may your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is to heaven. Listen, we're not supposed to just live until we die. We are commissioned by Jesus Christ to bring heaven to earth. Our goal is not to survive. That's not our goal. No. You know, Jesus never told someone to pray. He, he, he never, in a, in a moment of compassion and care, he, he never told someone to pray, Lord, please get me out of here so I can come up there. That's not how he prayed. That's not how he instructed to pray. Instead, he told his followers to pray, can you just... Make up there, come down here. And then when I get there, we can talk all about it. But I need power now. I need Jesus here. This is the purpose. This is why the body Dayton exists. So heaven, there's a gateway. Bethel means house of God. Where Jacob had that encounter was the house of God. I don't know. I need, I need, I need you. I need corporate worship. I need your encouragement. I need you to speak it. And, 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 here's, and you need me. Because we need each other. We've got we've to live this way with, with our body, with our mind, with our spirit. Our appetites, our desires, our goals, why we do what we do has got to be in, within the realm of heaven coming to earth. Are you willing to pray, God, whatever it takes in my life, I want heaven on earth, in my life, under my roof, in my church, at my workplace, whatever you got to do with me, whatever you've got to teach me, whatever you've got to break me. Every time you pray this, the ladder descends. And you live with a mindset of you're not just waiting to get to the other side. Heaven is here now. So how do we do it? Well, I believe, it, to me, I have to ask myself questions. So I'm just going to give you the question I believe God wanted me to ask me. How you get to the point where you, you, you break through the fence and the other side gets here, you have to ask yourself the question, where do I want to see God's power and God's presence break into my world? Because when you answer that question, you'll start walking. If you're fully devoted and submitted to the Lord, when you ask that question and mean it, and you want the answer, and by the way, he will answer you, then you'll start walking knowing that it is, knowing that it's here. And that will probably 
No, that will change how you navigate situations. Guaranteed money back. Where do I want to see God use me and make things down here kind of run how they run up there? Well, when you start thinking that way and asking that question and waiting on the answer, you begin to navigate through your life differently because Jesus came to tear down the barrier. He came to tear down the walls. There's no wall between here and there because he came and he died and then left us his spirit. Amen. Paul said about Jesus in Ephesians 2 and then we're going to go home. He said, Jesus is our peace who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier. Verse 18, the dividing wall of hostility that separated us. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. The two barriers, he destroyed it, tore it down. The dividing wall of hostility between heaven and earth, it's tore down. Do we live that way? We have access I believe sometimes we want to experience the presence of God, the peace, the assurance, the joy, the guidance, the truth of all of that. And we're waiting on something to change when what needs to change is us accepting the reality that it's already. You can't, listen, if you know Jesus, you can't get away from him. Now, in the context of what we're talking about, the familiar verse that you know in Psalm 139, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I, go to, if I go down, you're there. If I go up, you're there. If I go over here, you're there. We love that verse. We're like, that's right. If that's right, then why are we just waiting for the secret password to get <laughs> to the glory? Every time. Every time you have to stand for what's right instead of how you feel, the kingdom of heaven is coming to earth. Every time you decide to use your resources to invest in eternal things instead of temporary things, the kingdom of heaven is breaking into this world. There's practical things. Every time, if, 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 if this describes you, every time, instead of just working, 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 and, 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 and striving and striving and striving, every time a workaholic decides to just stay home with just, just, just for a minute, man, instead of running off to get more and do more, the kingdom of heaven breaks through the barriers as you become a father and a mother. Every time you choose to lean into the truth of this book, heaven breaks through the barriers and equips and empowers you to live with the reality that heaven has come to earth. Would you just pray with me? One day, if you're here and you know Jesus, one day, sometime in the past, a little entrance of the kingdom of God happened in your life. And you said yes to Jesus. And man, that opened up a whole new realm of possibilities. And it really doesn't matter how messy you've been with it all. It doesn't even matter if you fully understood it all. The reality is, someone on the other side, his name is Jesus, broke through the barrier of time and space 
and became the answer to every question we have. And if you know him, you know he's radically changed your life. And he wants to use you and I now to continue that doorway, to continue that ladder of descending and ascending. But you've got to start by asking yourselves, where do I want to see God's power and presence break into my world? Is it at your work? Is it at your home? Church, you don't have to die to see what's on the other side. Where do you want to see the power and presence of God in your life? It might be your family. Maybe dad, maybe you need to, maybe you need to just, maybe you need to have a little family meeting and just open it with, hey guys, I'm sorry. I've not been living in such a way that it's proving to you that I believe that heaven's come to earth. And there's no shame in that. Mom, maybe it's you. Maybe you need to see and you long to see the power and presence of God just show up in your life. There's some fear, some doubt. You're not living, you're not living your story out. You're not, maybe you're not inviting people to, experience the life of Christ that you know. Maybe, maybe you need to see the power and presence of God just radically show up in your finances. But God's given us instruction. You need to know that the barrier in your life can fall the rest of the way down today, right now. And before you get a chance to do that, I want to talk to those of you that know without a shadow of a doubt that your relationship with Jesus is fractured. Maybe it never was. Maybe you've walked away. Maybe it just didn't turn out like you thought it was going to turn out and you've went with plan B in your life. Whatever it is, whatever the reason, the power and majesty of heaven is coming to you right now. And if you want to start on a journey walking with Jesus now. Receive the gospel of Jesus Christ that Jesus loved you so much that he was willing to lay his life down and he conquered death, hell, and the grave just to be with you, to pay the penalty of your sin for you. He demolished the barrier. If you're saying, Jeff, this is the first time or this is the tenth time I'm bending a knee. I'm bowing my heart to Jesus. I need him. I need him to radically invade my life. I make him the Lord of my life. I repent of my sins. I will change. I will change through the power of Jesus Christ. 
and I will walk in the presence of heaven now. If you need your relationship restored with Jesus, would you just raise your hand? I just want to pray with you. God bless you, son. I'm proud of you. It takes courage. Who else? Thank you. God bless you. Who else? God bless you. Who else? I just, I, I just, God, thank you, son, in the back. I appreciate that. Let's agree together. Father, and I just come right out of the chute, God, and I say I'm sorry. I struggle to do things on my own. Father, your goodness and mercy has followed me and chased me down, so I relent. I open my hands, and I fall into your arms. I repent of my sins. I turn from my ways to pursue you. I want to walk in heaven now. Forgive me. I make you the Lord of my life. And today I start on a journey. And I won't look back. God, put people in my life that can help me, that can encourage me, that can speak to me, that can lift me up, that can correct and rebuke and encourage. I follow you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. Now, for those of you who have lived and you've wondered, there's got to be more, and you're ready. And you're ready to begin to lean into the truth that heaven is here. That the spirit of the living God is in you. You know your relationship with Jesus is sure and strong. But you now want to bring the power and presence of heaven into your daily life. just pray with me. First of all, no, hold on. First of all, I want you to take just a minute. You need to talk to God on your own. You need to tell him where you want the power and presence of God in your life right now that you know needs change. God, we thank you. We thank you for what you've done. God, we thank you for what you're doing and what you're going to do. Lord, as we present to you our bodies as a living sacrifice, and as we declare areas in our life where we need the power and presence of God, pray you would give us wisdom, God, that we wouldn't just be trying to survive until we die, but we'd be thriving as all of heaven cheers us on. I commit my life to you. God, I thank you for this revelation. God, I ask that you would just keep it in my mind, keep it in my heart. 
May we walk in authority and power as you did. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Church, can you give God a shout of praise for what he's done in here today? God bless you all for being here in front of you. You see uh, some connection cards. If there's any way we can pray for you, just please put that on there. If God's done something in your life, we want to know about it. Put that down. Uh, if, if you put a prayer request in, drop it in one of the boxes. And please know that the pastors will get it. We pray over them every day. We love you. 7 o'clock Wednesday. Don't forget, deep in live on Facebook. God bless you. Have a great week.